Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists who are committed to planetary purpose, or in other words, a holistic vision for planet Earth. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Susie Shefflin. Susie is a sound healer, Kundalini yoga teacher, a Reiki master, and a sobriety coach. She experienced an incredible transformation that released her from darkness, addiction, and anxiety, and led to a radiant life. Sharing this path towards light with her followers, clients, and greater Los Angeles, at the Copper Vessel, you can find an array of soothing spiritual experiences and mindset coaching services that are designed to help you relax, reconnect with your true self, and basically transform your life to live in this space of harmony. And so we often talk about this on Green Planet, Blue Planet, this, this, this notion that you don't need to walk this walk alone, but it's really in the we, not in the me. And so Susie creates this together with her clients and these experiences help kind of mitigate anxiety, facilitate change, promote the true sense of self and happiness into peace and harmony. And I'm excited to talk with you today. So welcome to the show, Susie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here chatting with you, Lynn. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You have um, an, an incredible story that kind of brought you into the here and now. And let, let's just start there. I, um, we, we, I introduced it with the healing journey. And um, I'd just love to like throw this word of adversity towards you. Like what adversities showed up in your life and in your path that that were kind of like the awakeners or teachers to to arrive in, in this present moment? Mm. So I would say that there have been two main teachers in my life. Um, the first of which I'm really just in a place more recently of talking about and sharing about and, and really coming to public terms with, um, and that being a condition that I experienced called alopecia. So um, alopecia is uh, an autoimmune condition that leads to basically unexplained hair loss. And I started experiencing that from around the age of eight years old. Um, and for much of my life, it uh, was something that I kept secret and carried a lot of shame around. Um, from the beginning, it was really like one little bald spot here, one little bald spot there. But as a young girl, um, I was super insecure about it. It made me really, really self-aware, really, really self-conscious. Um, and I think it shifted me into this place of fear and led to a lot of anxiety. I mean, on one hand, I know that alopecia is partially triggered by stress. So I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg, whether I was experiencing stress that led to alopecia or I experienced alopecia that led to stress. But um, for much of my life, that was something that I hid and kept secret. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, the second greatest teacher was my experience going down a road of um, addiction and alcoholism, which looking back now, I can say that probably my experience with alopecia contributed to that. You know, this feeling that I needed to hide, that I needed to be something other than exactly the way that I was, um, led me to, from a pretty young age, turn to drinking alcohol, to feel more comfortable in my skin, to escape from, you know, the busyness, the self-judgment, the negative self-talk in my head, the constant worrying about what people were thinking of me, whether I was doing or saying the right thing. Um, alcohol gave me this escape from that. And then 
Um, I ended up, you know, going down this path of drinking a lot and turning to prescription medications to continue to help me, you know, feel less anxious because I really, for a lot of my life, um, was battling with anxiety. Um, and it wasn't until my 20s that I was able to finally um, step onto this path of sobriety, which really opened up this whole new world for me, which eventually has then led to, I mean, really where I am now and also being able to see my first greatest teacher, Alopecia, as exactly that, my greatest teacher and not really this thing that happened to me, you know? Right. This thing that happened to you <laughs> that you needed to hide. I want to yeah. hear, I want to hear more about this. And I, I feel like so many people on this planet go through a phase of like um, alcohol might be a trigger for many of, the, of us. And, and I remember I, I started drinking when I was 13, definitely never felt like I, I turned into like an addict, but looking back, it was, it was a very destructive habit, which was just very normalized where I grew up. And so this notion that comes up for me is, this struggle between who we think we need to be <laughs> and who we truly are. And then that, that not really being get guided or led um, for most people and, until we find it in ourselves, right? Until we make simply peace with who we are, what's going on. And, and yeah, give us a little bit more because I feel like your path is really inspiring thousands and thousands of people at this point. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really this incredible journey of, of discovering myself. Um, really letting go of all that isn't me and learning to love and embrace exactly who I am. I remember when I was pretty young, like having this moment of thought, thinking like, who am I? And I really didn't know. And I really was too scared, I think, to open myself up to who that could be. Um, I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut on the East Coast in a very conservative, um, very lovely, very wonderful community. Um, but it really also was a community where everyone pretty much dressed the same, talked the same, acted the same. Um, it didn't, it wasn't a community that really welcomed self-expression or so I felt. And um, so for the first part of my life, it really was all about fitting in, you know, I had this great awareness of like what everyone else was doing and how I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so I think that in doing that, I really didn't give myself the opportunity to explore and let myself be who I really was. Um, and then that led to ultimately a lot of suffering as I, as I lost touch with my true identity. That's very interesting. This, this fitting in, it's showing up in, in so many conversations. And clearly there's a turnaround point where we, we realize those people we admire, they, they never fit in. They just created their own path, right? So, so how is that own path showing up for you and the copper vessel? Because that's how you're sharing your teachings, your learnings, your radiant spirit right now with people in LA and beyond. Oh, it's been amazing. So um, essentially in my late 20s, um, I was at this place where I had been really, really struggling, you know, um, all of these things that I discussed is what I see now as my greatest teacher, the alopecia, the drinking, the using had led me to a very, very dark place. Um, at that point, I'd been living in New York City 
And I was just in a place of struggle and suffering where I was going deeper and deeper down this path of despair. I completely lost sight of who I was. Um, I ultimately hit an emotional, spiritual, and physical bottom where I got to a place that I didn't want to live anymore. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was, it was scary. Um, but I, I hit this point and one morning after trying to take my own life, I woke up and I really do believe that part of me died that night. But the part of me that woke up was awake and willing to see life from a new way and to do things differently. And from there, that's really how I began to let go of all that wasn't me and step into this new path that has been amazing and incredible and just this beautiful healing journey. So at that point, I stopped drinking alcohol and I started to implement practices in my life. Um, I went to inpatient rehab where I got a lot of help and a lot of support. And I actually remember when I was in rehab, there was a full moon eclipse. And it was one of the first times that I had connected with the moon, which now is so much a part of my life and my business and what I share. I love leading moon ceremonies. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do. Um, and I remember bringing all my friends from rehab outside and making them watch the eclipse and, and just feeling into the energy of it for the first time. And it was also in rehab that I started to get reinterested in crystals, which I had completely forgotten that I was in love with as a kid, like as a little kid, probably until I was six or seven. I had oh, crystals, wow. I was super into nature. I was like this little witch. And actually my favorite book was a book called Little Witch. I just remember that. Um, I would go outside and pick herbs and flowers from my mom's garden and make these witches brews. And I just loved creating and being so in touch with energy and the energy of nature and, and just the beauty of this planet. Um, and so in rehab, I started to really reconnect with that and started to get healthier and started to make more and more changes that were bringing me into this path of, of wellness and, and real awakening. You know, I started practicing yoga regularly. I started meditating and started to do gratitude every day and get in touch with, you know, this realization that all the things that had led me to that point had not been happening to me. They'd been happening for me. So I started to really open up to this new way of viewing the world from this place of gratitude and this place of spirituality and this place of connectedness. And I started to read spiritual books and just really delve into this path, um, which had always been inside of me, just suppressed. I mean, looking back, I went to University of Virginia and I studied East Asian studies and religious studies. I literally, one of my majors oh, wow. was Hinduism, but it was from such a, you know, um, practical standpoint, not like an understanding of the spiritual standpoint. It had like planted all these seeds in me, which I now as a yogi so identify and so love. But as I had first learned it, it was very much like, okay, just by the book. Um, and so these little things that had always been a part of me, I finally started to open up to feeling them, to recognizing that they were, were a part of my identity and could be a part of my identity. Um, and after I got out of rehab, I was living in Connecticut with my parents, commuting into New York City for work. And every day I would ride the train for an hour and I would meditate. 
going into the city and going out of the city. And again, I started to get this awareness of energy and the energy of being in New York City versus the energy of being in the country of Greenwich, Connecticut, and how that was so different. Um, and eventually, uh, I ended up moving from Connecticut to Los Angeles based on a lot of beautiful synchronicities and a lot of manifesting, which was my first real, I would say, conscious manifesting experience. Um, the apartment that I live in, this one actually, um, where if you're watching the video, <laughs> you'll see. Um, I completely visualized it. For six months, I would sit and I would just tune into this vision of what my life in Los Angeles would be like, and it ended up all unfolding. Um, and in the process of moving to LA, I was still experiencing a lot of anxiety. Um, it was a major transition. I felt super, super raw. It was about nine months that I had been not drinking alcohol and everything was just so new and so fresh to me. And I felt so deeply for the first time and was just feeling a lot. And in the process of moving, my aunt who lives out here brought me to a sound bath. And it was my first time going to a sound bath, but when she was like, do you wanna to go to a sound bath? I didn't even question it. I didn't even ask her what a sound bath was. It felt like something I had known. It felt like something that was just so obvious. So I'm like, yeah, let's go to a sound bath. Mm -hmm. Where now in hindsight, I can see that that's not really typical considering that people come to me all the time they're like is there water involved what is a sound bath is it safe I was just like yes let's do it and it was in that sound bath that something really shifted I felt like I had come home to myself I felt calm I felt safe and really really good and that feeling lasted and so after moving to LA I kept going to sound baths and by going to sound baths it made it easier um, for the other healthy things that I was implementing into my life to um, start to stick. And so I'd been going to sound baths. Are you still there? Okay, it froze. Um, I'd been going to sound baths, like every one that I could find, every single opportunity I could find to go to a sound bath, I was like, I just need to go. It was really just creating such positive change in my life so quickly that one day I had this thought that was, you know, nobody that I've known in my entire life has ever heard of a sound bath until I moved to LA. This is something that's helping me so much. Maybe it, this is something that I need to be learning so that I can share it with other people. So I um, found a mentor, started working um, with him and studying and learning how to facilitate and how to play. and. Um, started getting Reiki attunements. And then it was about nine months later that the job that I'd been working at, um, the corporate job, which was in luxury lifestyle management, mm -hmm. um, and had not really been feeling in alignment with my spirit for some time, but it was one of those things where it's like the things we know and feel so comfortable. They are so comfortable. It's like, how do you break free of that? You know? And as I had begun to embark on this journey of learning the art of sound healing and the art of healing as a Reiki master, um, it didn't really feel aligned for me to be doing that corporate job anymore, but it was like, how do you let go of it? But um, I eventually did, 
I did. I, I decided that, you know, um, the right moment had come and I left that job and I ended up um, starting the Copper Vessel and it's, it's really just been a journey from there. <laughs> That's so fascinating. I, I thank you so much for sharing the, the steps to that part of your journey. Um, I know that there's a little story behind the Copper Vessel and I'm curious to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> So on my healing journey with alopecia, um, a long time ago, one of the healers that I went to was an Ayurvedic healer in New York City. And one of the things that this healer told me to do was to drink water every day from a copper vessel. So I bought this copper vessel, this pitcher, and for years and years and years, throughout all my travels, throughout all the places I lived, from Connecticut to Virginia, New York, California, I've always kept this copper vessel filled with water on my bedside table. And as I was on this journey of, you know, learning sound healing and Reiki and feeling so called to step into the light and share this as my full-time, not only, you know, passion, but my career, um, I started, I started thinking, you know, what is the name of my business going to be? And one night I woke up and I had my notebook and I was lying in my bed and I started writing down all these names for my company and nothing felt right. And I reached over for a glass of water from this copper vessel and all of a sudden it hit me, a copper vessel. And one of the major players in my early spiritual awakening was a book called The Alchemist. I don't know if you've read it. Um, yeah. Yes. It's one of my favorites. And so I was really interested, um, and I am really interested in alchemy. And so started to look up, you know, what does copper mean? And copper is a healing metal that conducts energy. It represents the divine feminine. It represents Venus. It's also a metal that's um, best as an alloy. So it sort of becomes what it needs to be in order to serve the highest good, the highest purpose. And then also the idea of a vessel, you know, as a healer, um, my role really is to empower my clients, my students to be their own healers. You know, I'm not healing anyone. I'm really holding this space. I'm serving as this vessel for the divine to come through um, and just holding that space. And so I thought, you know, what better name than the copper vessel? <laughs> Yeah, and it's another great indicator for how often the the answers are so close to us. I feel like, you know, with this idea that people are struggling between who they think they should be and who they truly are, part of who we truly are is that things are already like really close and simple in our life. They're really available and present. And when we pay attention, um, you know, we, we will we will solve not just the the development goals of this planet it will solve also the like this this striving for always more into simply appreciating not just appreciating what's there but appreciating who we are so deeply and this leads me to my next question which is like a follow-up question to the condition of alopecia that you explained like if you were to say like the three biggest lessons that you 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 were able to get from this teacher right and they don't have to be three, but if it's three, that, that'd be great too. Like what, what is, what is really coming through that you, you know, now, you know, it's a blessing that you were able to experience it so you can truly share from that place. Yeah. Um, 
so many amazing lessons uh, to narrow it down to three or so. Um, I mean, yes, first of all, exactly like you said, that every experience in our life holds a blessing or a lesson or both, you know? Nothing is ever happening to us. It really is happening for us. And it's just a matter of opening our eyes to see what that blessing or lesson is. Um, and so, yeah, for me, for so long, it was like struggling and resistance and trying to fight this condition when ultimately what I can see now is that if this is what the universe has given me, if this is what God has given me, who am I to say that I'm supposed to be otherwise? And so that leads me to the second greatest teaching, which is that, you know, just self-acceptance and allowing myself to be exactly the way that I am and trusting that I'm perfect exactly as I'm created, you know, and that the only thing that could ever be wrong is if my mind, if the mind decides that it's so. And so to really learn to love myself and accept myself exactly the way that I am and see that, you know, we're raised with so much conditioning. And for so long, I subscribed to the conditioning that I had to, as a woman, have hair, not only hair, but long hair, not only long hair, but blonde hair, because I was raised in a family of four beautiful blonde girls. And for me, the association was beautiful plus blonde, you know? And so letting go of that and, and this idea that if I don't have hair, who am I? Who am I? I'm exactly who I've always been, if not more so. And so that's lesson number two. Um, I think I have four lessons. The third lesson I would say yeah, is <laughs> the importance of vulnerability, that our wounds are where the light gets in. You know, when I was growing up and dressing the way that everyone else dressed and looked the way that everyone looked and spoke the way that everyone else spoke and had that quote unquote, perfect, beautiful, long blonde hair, there wasn't as much space for connection, you know? And I think that's really one of the things that I suffered over is that I am a deep person. I love to connect with other people on a deep level more than just like, oh, I love your jacket. Oh, I love your haircut, which those things are fun, but there's so much more to life. And so, you know, by now showing up in the world as myself, as a bald woman, it creates so much opportunity for connection. People stop me everywhere I go, um, which at first, to be honest, was very overwhelming. Um, but now I really do appreciate it and I love it because it's like, if I'm walking down the street fully in my truth, in my sat nam, you know, being bold, being bald, it ignites something in the other people that I encounter and opens them up for another point of connection. Um, it invites in that boldness. I, li I like that you, yeah. that you, you pair them up because like, it invites you to just step in every time. Like, nope, just going to be bold about this now. I'm me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then the last lesson that it's taught me, which is still very much a work in progress as I am very, very human. Um, alopecia is caused by stress and by thinking, you know, like overthinking, thinking so much that your hair falls out. And so it's really taught me to incorporate a lot of mindfulness practices in my life. It's taught me to slow down. It's taught me the importance of letting go. Um, and again, this is a daily surrender. 
Um, my hair hasn't fully grown back yet, so <laughs> that that means that I still have work to do in the process of slowing down, you know, and letting go and just being. So I see that my tendency, um, and in in Kundalini and in Kundalini numerology, you know, when you do that, you see like what your strengths are, and and one of my um, points of needing improvement is the negative mind and so that mind that is fearful that is critical that is overthinking is something that I'm always um making sure that I have part of my sadhana practice sort of keeping in check and also just something that I'm aware of because I really need to have that negative mind balance so that I can stay out of that place of fear and needing to control and needing to try and needing to do and allow myself to be in that place of allowing and being and really being in the neutral mind, being in the witness and recognizing that everything's exactly the way that it's meant to be. And I can just, you know, turn it over and allow the universe to guide the way and then let that hopefully have my hair grow back. <laughs> mm, life is deliciously as it should be. And there's a lot of work to do, right? So, so for, for, for all of us listening, I think everyone has their own space in which this thinking, overthinking, finding the balance into neutrality shows up. And some days we're really good and strong at it. Other days it takes a little more. And the more we lean in, I feel the more it actually shows up because life is an ongoing journey. I have a follow-up question for you, Susie, that is like, somewhat related and it's more related to um you as a child because you were mentioning earlier like that's when it first showed up this condition and it's also when you know you you kind of kind of broke with 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 your inner guidance and started to try to fit in right and so the question uh, is the question is if you could change the education system single-handedly or with a team or just simply some some insights and inputs what would you, what would you want to see in the education system for, for children or young teenagers that, that is possibly not there now and possibly like helping people no matter from which angle and which kind of learner they are? Hmm. I love that question. The first thing that comes to mind is more time in nature, you know, more time connecting with the earth, with our planet and more time in play. If you think about the word play, another synonym for it being recreation, recreation. It's through play that we create ourselves, that we tap into who we really, really are. Um, I see that in today's world, kids are in the classroom and they're on cell phones and on iPads from such a young age, just like totally plugged in and disconnected from nature, disconnected from one another. Um, so I would say that, you know, the number one change I would make. And of course, you know, in an urban school system, that can be more challenging, but to at least let kids be outside or give them field trips or give them opportunities to take part in um, gardening, like local gardens, um, just to give them a sense of understanding of and connection with the earth. Learning with our planet, earth as the yes. primary teacher. Yeah, that so resonates. That so resonates with me. Let me ask you a few um, rapid fire questions at this point. Um, really simple questions. Yes, no, maybe both. Whatever answer comes out, let, 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 let me know. So what do you prefer, ocean water or lake water? Ocean. 
Meat or veggies? Veggies. Plant. But a new one. I, I was such a big meat eater for most of my life, and I'm really shifting. I really have, have really let go of eating meat, which has been a, a really big part of this journey. I still do eat some, some um, meat at times. My body needs it, but I try to be as plant-based as possible. People listening to this who've known me my whole life are going to be like, what? <laughs> nice. Well, change is part of the journey, right? Um, plant trees or fly to Mars? Plant trees. Dance or meditation? Oh, dance is a form of meditation. It's a moving meditation. My favorite form of moving meditation. <laughs> Mate or kombucha? I don't drink caffeine, so kombucha. Mm, cannabis or alcohol? Neither. I'm sober. <laughs> Jung jungle or desert? Desert. If there are three things in your life that you wouldn't want to miss, people, places, experiences, um, what, what are they? That I wouldn't breathe. Oh, you mean, wait, how do you, how do you mean that? However you want to interpret it. Three, thing, <laughs> three things that, that you don't want to miss. Could be people, could be things, could be a singing bowl, like could be a practice. Like what are three things in your life that you, you've realized they're just part of who you are and you really enjoy um, it's, it's hilarious because this is the first moment that for everyone watching the video, your dog is showing up in the screen. So, so he's number one, <laughs> my dog, <laughs> baby Bo. Um, he's number one. I, he's definitely a part of me. I love him so much. Um, I would say community, community, um, my family, my friends, my 12 step community, my yoga community, Sangha. That's something that is just so, so, so essential. Um, specifically people within that, my mom, my aunt Anne, my sisters. I'm so close with my family. Um, yeah, that would be number two for sure. And then number three, yeah, I would say my singing bowls. I really just, they've changed my life and they've changed the life of so many people and just really help raise the vibration of this planet. They are such a gift. And so, yeah, I could not, I could not live without them. <laughs> Nice. Thank you for your answer there. I recently interviewed um, a singer, a mantra singer from Colombia, and we talked a lot about sound and intention equals the access to healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and John so, Goldman said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your, your current offers. I know you've just been traveling for a while. Like, what's coming up for you? Um, you know, as we're going to the end of 2019, going into 2020, what, what's exciting for you? What's alive? What's birthing for you? What is emerging? Oh, so much. I'm so excited. I've just gotten back from three and a half weeks of travel abroad, um, leading a retreat in Bali and, um, so excited to be back here in LA for a minute. Um, I love leading group events here in Los Angeles. I teach at a couple of different meditation studios, unplug meditation, ceremony meditation, sanctum. And I'm starting to do monthly events at the Santa Monica Proper Hotel with Surya Spa. Um, so doshic, dosha balancing sound baths, which I'm really, really excited about. My first one is coming up. Um, I also am really, really excited to be working more with healers. So I've started offering um, a coaching course called Divinely Guided, which is five steps to um, tapping into your unique offerings and then sharing them with the world in a way that 
will allow you to be um, financially quite successful. Um, and so I'm working with people offering that one-on-one -on -one right now, coaching and mentoring for healers of all types, healers and teachers. And then in the next few months, I'm hoping to have that launched as an online course. Um, I'm also offering sound healing trainings. So I offer four-day intensive trainings and um, also longer trainings that are three different modules that each span um, one weekend. So have one coming up at the end of October, which is full, but I have another one in January that still has a couple spots left and then a bunch more coming up in the spring. So I'm really in this place now where I can see that what lights me up the most is helping other people to ignite their own path, to step into their truth and to share their unique gifts with the world. Um, I feel that my mission on this earth is to connect with millions and millions of people. And the best way that I can do that is by activating and supporting other teachers. So if I can support someone in becoming 10 times greater than I am, then that's the greatest gift that I could give to myself and give to the world. So I'm really excited to be sharing more of this in the future. Um, and then of course I, I do still offer private healing sessions. So Reiki healing, sound healing, crystal healing, um, private yoga, love teaching Kundalini, which right now I'm um, only teaching privately and then in recovery, I teach at a 12 step meeting, which is open. So if anyone is interested in exploring the path of recovery, um, and sobriety and also yoga at the same time, that's one of my offerings as well. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing, for sharing all that and going into this notion of purpose and like what's coming through you as this planetary purpose, which is what I'm dedicating this show to exploring how we, we come with these gifts that we, we really want to experience each other and the planet in, in like coming, becoming awake to this, this, this clarity that we are connected as the one truth of infinite love. Um, and so that's my last question for you, Susie. What is your dream for the earth? If you were to zoom out a little bit and uh, even beyond our individual lifetimes, like if you go out into like 200 years um, or wherever you want to be on the timeline, what's your dream of the, for the earth? My dream for the earth is that we can all exist in harmony. As a sound healer, you know, that's really what I work with, vibration and harmony. And I know that by connecting with the truth of who we are and remembering that we are all one, not just as humans, but with all beings and with this earth. Um, and if we can really remember that and find a way to connect with each other and just live in the space of love and harmony, we can heal our planet and be here for much more, much, much more to come. Yeah, beautiful, like higher states of harmony. How do you, how do you see that um, coming into being? Just because I'm, I'm curious, I want to know a little bit more. So uh, I, I personally love that your journey is so um, connected to sound and, and like vibrational attunement and healing and Reiki and crystals and again, more sound. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the state of the world, like how do you, how do you reckon that this harmony um, can spread? Hmm. I think it happens on an individual basis. You know, if everyone can have the opportunity to wake up and become a little bit more conscious, um, hopefully a lot more conscious of 
what we're eating, what we're using, what we're consuming, um, and, and really, um, be mindful of that. And then do all things from a place of, of love and, and, um, and really mindfulness, you know, recognizing that what we do, what we think, what we eat, what we consume has an effect on this entire planet, has an effect on this entire universe. So we can make small changes within ourselves to be more positive, be more mindful of what we're consuming, not using as many plastics, not consuming as much meat, what frequency, what vibration we're putting out into the universe. If we're doing things from a place of love, compassion, and kindness, um, that will create a shift that will affect the rest of the planet. It seems maybe woo-woo and out there, but it really is true. It's as small as it starts with a smile, like giving your neighbor a smile can change the course of their day, can change the course of someone else's lifetime, can change the course of this, this world. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for sharing your story and some of your insights and some of your dreams and hopes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun chatting. Thank you for all that you do. It's so important what you're sharing with this planet and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it, very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line, where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you. Free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of insight, evolution, and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together.
Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.